welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for this little snap bite-sized podcast on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and we can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am with these absolute legends of the mythological world. It's not even been a week since we last spoke, how wonderful. I hope you enjoyed the Halloween episode and had a fabulous Halloween. I saw so many trick-or-treaters this year and the UK is not very much into Halloween very hit and miss 50-50 so it was a really nice change especially with the uh, terrible pandemic that's been going on for the last 18 months putting a halt on things for the last 18 months this week we're heading back over to the greeks and looking at the fearsome hydra this monster is one that i've loved since i was a kid and is one that's pretty terrifying within mythology the hydra is described as a dragon or serpentine water beast which has a long neck topped with a head full of razor-sharp teeth. Doesn't sound too bad? Well, the problem is, when you face a hydra, you're more than likely to run into the issue that it does have more than one head. Hydras have quite annoying abilities, where if their head on their temptingly long necks, when it's decapitated, two will grow back in its place instead, leaving the hero with an unlimited amount of hydra heads to take care of. Oh, I also forgot to mention, they have poisonous blood, breath and saliva. It's even said that even their smell is pungently poisonous, meaning that if you were to be bitten by a hydra, you were pretty much clocked out of the battle at that point. You would think you'd learned your lesson the first time you chopped one head off, but you'd be surprised how many hero stories involve them spawning over a hundred heads. This is why I don't do a hero podcast, you know, they're quite dumb really, they're just big dummies. Sometimes hydras are also described as having wings, but it really depends on which account you read. I don't personally see wings working with a beast of its size. They were estimated to be 6 to 13 metres tall, which is pretty massive, just in case you're wondering. And you can now imagine how silly this would be with wings. Thank you. We'll move on. Hydras live in secluded areas, mostly caves, very remote, away from human life, and are incredibly violent if disturbed. However, most famously, a hydra was believed to live near the river Lerna, making it the Linnaean hydra. This particular hydra was infamous in Greek mythology as it was believed that this hydra guarded the entrance to the underworld, making sure with Cerberus, Hades' multi-headed guard dog, that nothing got in or out of the underworld. Hydras primarily lived on a diet of large animals and livestock such as cows, sheep, horses, but if people were available, they would also snack on them. When the people turned into shades in the underworld, which is the Greek term for spirit, whenever they tried to escape, it would very much be a guessing game of where the person would end up. They could very much be going towards the Hydra tunnel, they could end up in Cerberus' tunnel. Not sure which one I would prefer myself, but it would be a battle against time for the unfortunate soul to escape before one of these creatures snacked on them. Bear in mind, there's only like two recorded cases of people actually escaping the underworld, but that's a story for another time. Now the word hydra comes from the Greek word hydra, which literally translates into water snake. So this one is extremely literal, but fun nonetheless. The hydra was first seen in Greek myth in 700 BC, told by the poet Euripides. The history behind the hydra is actually also very short. 
The Linane Hydra was the child of the monsters Typhon and Echidna, who were considered the parents of all the big monsters in Greek myth. Typhon was the son of Gaia and Tartarus, who were part of the pantheon of Titans, the original gods of Olympus, who turned out to be pretty terrible, and the Olympians we know and love took most of them out. Fun fact is that Gaia is also considered the personification of the Earth, and Tartarus the embodiment of death, giving his name to the worst level of hell in the Greek underworld. Echidna, however, was the sister of another two myth monsters that we've covered in the past. She was the daughter of Ceto and Phorcus, who were also the parents of Medusa and her two sisters, Charybdis and Scylla. Echidna and Typhon had three children, one being the Hydra, another being Cerberus, yes, the one we talked about earlier, and one called Orthorus, another multi-headed dog creature. It's also believed that they were the parents of the Chimera, the Nemean Lion and the Sphinx, all monsters we will cover in other episodes much later down the line. All these monsters have something other than parentship in common, and that's how they all ended up being involved with Heracles the hero. The Hydra and the others lived pretty much undisturbed until he came along, and yes, I know he's a hero, but much like my Centaurs episode, we do kind of have to talk about him to get to the story of the Linnaean Hydra. There are two different beginnings to this story, one is that the Hydra was born and generally just minding its own business, and the other was that it was summoned forth from the underworld from the goddess Hera. Why was this? Well, Heracles was the demigod son of Zeus and Alchemy, his human mother. Hera, who is Zeus's wife and goddess of marriage and jealousy, cursed Heracles with madness so that he ended up killing his wife and children in a rage. His crimes were punished by the king of Tyrans, and he was bound to repent his crimes by completing ten labours. And this is not going to sound not similar to anyone who is a fan of any kind of Greek mythology. Heracles is the most famous hero probably out of all of the Greek heroes. These were a bunch of near impossible tasks, but thankfully, due to Heracles' demigod status, he was alright in the end. He was alright. Within all of these tasks were the slaying of the Nemean lion, the kidnap of Cerberus, and also the extinction of the Hydra. The Hydra was the second of his labours, and he was tasked with killing this monster to spare Lerna of its deadly reign over the river community. Heracles went to face the monster alone. He chopped off a couple of its heads and thought that was pretty easy, before he saw the Hydra's neck sprouting two heads in the place of where he'd just taken one off. You can imagine the absolute fear and panic in his face when he realised he's a little bit out of his depth. So he got his nephew, Iolus, to come and help and cauterise the neck wounds as soon as the heads were lopped off. Now this is where things get quite interesting. Hera saw that Heracles and Iolus were winning the battle and was very much concerned about her reputation. So she sent down a massive, massive crab to distract them. However, Hercules and his gigantic feet, apparently, stomped on said crab and just carried on with the fight as if no crab had ever been there. However, to respect the crab's mighty sacrifice, Hera decided to tribute a constellation in the sky to said crab. Now, this said crab, if anyone was born June 22nd to about July 22nd, you'll know that this is your star sign symbol. It is the constellation of Cancer, and this is from this myth, apparently, so... A little bit of a fun fact there too, especially for you astrology nerds. 
Anyway, they did this, getting rid of all of these until the very first head was still there. He very much took this, buried it in the sand beneath them, and dumped a massive rock on top of its head, meaning that it could never ever get its head back out of the sand, meaning it was kind of still alive. It didn't really die, but meh, that's kind of that's a, a, a footnote of history. It was literally the very end of the Hydra. It was a very anticlimactic ending to an amazingly cool monster. However, two things came out of this. As the blood of the Hydra was immensely poisonous, Heracles dipped all of his arrows into this ichor and took those with him. But if you throw your mind back to the Centaurs episode, we know that this ends up being the demise of a lot of famous characters in Greek mythology. It's very literally almost cursed blood, to be honest. It kills a lot of people. Secondly, unfortunately, this didn't even count as a win for Heracles because he got help from his nephew. So he then had to up his labours from 10 to 12, so not really the greatest feat of strength. Let's move on to cultural significance for this week. They have some really classic art surrounding them. I would recommend Hercules and the Hydra by Antonio de Paolo in 1475. I probably pronounced his name wrong. I honestly don't know how to pronounce it. There's also the portrait of Henry IV as Hercules pinning the Hydra of Lerna by Toussaint de Brule in 1600, or Hercules and the Lernian Hydra by Gustave Moreau in 1875. And that one is my absolute favorite. It is a gorgeous painting, highly recommend as always. For movies, there were a few this week, not massively and not 100% limited to this list, You've got Hotel Transylvania, which I watched for the first time the other night and thoroughly enjoyed, just saying. Hercules, Jason and the Argonauts, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Percy Jackson, the Lightning Thief, and the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. It's kind of the same for TV. It's very child-based, actually, very much cartoony. So we've got My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Super Mario Bros. 2, Rocket Robin Hood, Dragon's Dogma, Transformers the Cartoon, Phineas and Ferb and Rick Steves Europe. The last of which I would suggest it's a really cool adventure program and they go to Athens, which again, I massively recommend. It's a beautiful place. Also, Hydra is the fictional agency of villains in the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Universe. And although they technically have nothing to do with the mythical creature, their symbol is that of an octopus. So it kind of represents the multi-limbed element, I suppose, rather than the multi-headed. So we'll just kind of roll with that. If you type Hydra into Google, literally the first one that comes up is the Marvel thing. It's not even the mythical creature that it's named after. So there's that. If you're into Marvel, then you will probably already know about this. For video games, there are actually quite a few, which is kind of fun, such as the Hercules game, World of Warcraft, God of War, Hades, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, Curse of Isios, Kid Icarus, Scribblenauts Unlimited, Dragon's Dogma, Dark Souls, Titan Quest, and Age of Mythology. My favourite one there, obviously everyone knows I'm a World of Warcraft fan, but Hades is one of my favourite games of all time. It's absolutely fantastic. And actually, Immortals Phoenix Rising is fun as well, but the controls are really dodgy, so that's that. That's, that's for another podcast, but either way. My book recommendation, as always with Greek stories, is Stephen Fry's Heroes. This one has the stories around Heracles and his labours, if you're interested in that. And the Linnaean Hydra is obviously the second of these deadly tasks. However, if you fancy something a bit different, 
recommend Greek Myths Meet the Heroes, Gods and Monsters of Ancient Greece by Jean Menzies, which is a really good read. And it's definitely easier on the numerous names in Greek myth. I'm aware that every time I do a Greek myth episode, everyone I know who listens to it is just a bit like, Erin, there are so many people and names. It's very hard to keep up with. So I apologise. Greek is just so easy for me. (laughs) I'm sorry. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? Now I'm grateful to say that the Linnaean Hydra probably did not exist. I'm saying this as the possibility of a giant multi-headed dragon appearing in real life is pretty slim. In reality, there aren't any creatures that could possibly even be like the Hydra, other than the incredibly rare double-headed snake phenomenon which you see in Ripley's Believe It or Not museums. But, as I said, incredibly rare, so you're probably not going to see it anyway, and I doubt the ancient Greeks did either. However, that's not to say they're not one of the coolest myth monsters I think we'll cover. As much as I love Gorgons and Harpies from Greek myth, I would certainly say they're up in my favourite from this mythos. The Hydra is, I want to say, definitely up there in the top five. They are so unbelievably cool. Anyway, that was a solid one. I really love doing anything Greek. The Hydra's no exception. Also, snakes are cool. And this one has like 8,000 heads. So it makes it a million times cooler than most snakes. I absolutely adored the Hercules film growing up. So the Hydra was always something that really terrified and fascinated me as a child. But carried on with an adult. I still really enjoy Hercules. It's my favorite Disney film, so meh. Next week, we're heading back over to the States the first time in ages and looking at the terrifying skinwalkers from Native American folklore. Come find out about these horrifying shapeshifters next Thursday on the podcast. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next. And I'd love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content, as always, can be found at mythmonsters.co.uk. You can find us on Good Pods as well and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast because you love your gal. Anyway, come join the fun. Share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky. I'll see you later, babes. Thank you.